0: Welcome to Season 2 of Joy Fueled and Jesus Led. I'm your host, Tony Daniels, sharing real-life stories and practical tools that not only let you know you're not alone, but also help you become the emotional spiritual ninja warrior you were created to be. This season, I will not only share stories of how I'm experimenting with being Joy Fueled and Jesus Led, but we will also get to hear from some of my family and friends who've been interacting with the steps presented in my latest book, Four Keys to Parent Fearlessly. This episode is just that. My niece, Taylor Garaguso, shares with us how she came to be Jesus-led and how that has shaped her as a mother. She also shares two deeply touching stories of when she recognized fear was active, took the time to realize she was not alone, and how the truth she received set her free to create new realities she never dreamed possible. Don't miss this one. I know you'll enjoy it. Tony here, and I am with a very special guest today, uh, Taylor Garaguso from Clarksville, Tennessee. And Taylor happens to be my niece, and I have watched her be born and grow up her whole life and have had the joy and privilege of being her aunt, uh, even from afar for many years. But it's a pleasure and a joy and a privilege. And so, Taylor, thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. The reason that one of the reasons I'm having Taylor with me today is um, because. When I started writing The Four Keys to Parent Fearlessly, or when that book was thought up originally, I asked Taylor if she would write it with me, if she w- if we could do some brainstorming together and possibly write a book together, because um, I really value her writing style and her opinion and the way she sees life and the way she parents. And so um, we met, how many years ago was it now? Goodness, like four? <laughs> could it be that long ago? When 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 we brainstormed the book.
1: (laughs) Goodness. Yeah. I would say, I would say four
0: probably. Yeah years ago so four years ago we were much younger um and we (laughs) we met and did a mind map of all the topics that we might have in this book and so Taylor you helped me mind map what what eventually became the four keys uh to parent fearlessly and you had another child on top of that and so I just (laughs) didn't think we were going to get to sync our schedules enough to actually do it together so that'll be in the future at some point but I really appreciated your input on this and and I, it would not be the book that it is had it not been for you giving me that input. So thank you. And that's one of the reasons I have you here today is to share some of your stories because you really do live Jesus-led. And I've had the privilege of seeing you grow into that in your adult life. So I'm wondering if you would tell me a little bit about how you came to live more Jesus-led in your life. So... um
1: once again, thank you for having me. Um, so excited to be here with you. And um, I think it was about nine years ago um, when I had uh, was just about to graduate from high school. And I uh, ended up being expelled from my school for relationship choices. Um, it was a Christian school and they, they didn't agree um, with some of my relationship choices. And I was um, expelled right before the last day of my senior year um, and uh, as I was going through that, you had called me, you were still living in Uruguay and you were just asking to see how I was doing.
0: And just quick, you were, you were valedictorian. I was valedictorian of my class. (laughs) You were supposed to speak at graduation. And because of some of the choices that you had made in the past, even that they removed that from you. Right. And I mean, it was a very traumatic moment for you. And it was, yeah.
1: Yes. At 18, it was, it was a very big deal. (laughs) And, um, so you were calling to, to check in on me and, um, I had, I had said, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna move past it. You know, like, I'm just going to put it in the back of my mind, just going to move forward with, you know, what's ahead of me. And you said, you know, Taylor, that's not the most healthy way, you know, or most helpful way that you can handle this. Um, you really need to feel these emotions and you really need to listen to what Jesus has to say about all of this. And, um, at the time I didn't even, you know, we, I couldn't even put together emotion words when you were, you know, telling me I needed to feel these emotions. I was saying things like, well, I feel like that person's a jerk. And you're like, Oh no, that's, that's not a feeling. Let's try again. I'm like, I feel like the situation's just ridiculous. No, 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 that's not a feeling word. So you introduced, um, to shade me, you know, sad, angry, happy, scared, excited, tender. And we practiced with that. And, you know, then you introduced appreciation memories to me as like the foundation of listening and just finding, um, you know, that spot of joy and just feeling like God's glad to be with me. Um, And, you know, as we got into listening, I thought it was really kind of strange because I couldn't distinguish yet between my own imagination changing things and, you know, the spirit changing things. And so as, you know, over the past nine years, been practicing it, um, I kind of can get a feel more for what's me and then what's actually the spirit. And, uh, but that's how it was introduced to me was, uh, you on the phone, uh, which is a super awkward way to listen on the phone, <laughs> but we did it. And, you know, that was the the beginning. And then just conversations that we've had over the years that have just helped me get, you know, more in
0: depth and practice it more. Wow. And in that day, I, I remember clearly being on my back porch, um, talking as my babies were running around at the time because mm-hmm. they were babies and, um, and just feeling so tender for you and so sad for what had happened. Um, but do you remember anything that you might've sensed Jesus saying in that moment, just to, just to help, you know, our listeners get through the story? <laughs>
1: yeah, I do. So I remember I was, uh, my appreciation memory was sitting on the side of this lake, um, or this pond really, we called it Greenbrier Lake, but it was like a pond. And, um, I just loved going out there and sitting by myself. And, um, that was my appreciation memory. And the thing that would change was I would see a bird fly and it would fly down close to the water and then go, you know, back up. And, um, I said, you know, that was all I see is just this bird flying. And you were like, well, think about that. And, you know, ask Jesus, um, over the next few days, what you think or or what he thinks that that means for you or what he's trying to communicate um to you through that and so after we got off the phone I sat there I was like I'm gonna figure this out like I'm not gonna let this go on for days like what does this mean and I felt like he was saying you know the the bird kept flying close to the water and seeing its reflection its distorted reflection and thinking how ugly it was when I was sitting on the side looking at that bird thinking how majestic it is like look at it flying and it was just you know it was part of my appreciation memory but in its own mind it was it was ugly And he said, you're the bird and I'm sitting on the side and you're seeing all these reflections, all these things that are happening, you know, getting expelled and having all these meetings about you and, you know, what's wrong with you and that sort of thing. And, um, and you're not seeing an accurate representation of yourself in that, you know, that's the distorted view that's in the water, but I see what is true. And so, um, so yeah, that, that is one that I come back to all the time. I love that, that, uh, appreciation it's now an appreciation story but it was you know listening so
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and how did that feel for you that shift after what did that feel like for you to receive that from him
1: um I probably at the time didn't put it into feeling words so I'm gonna have to go back (laughs) because
0: I didn't know feeling words
1: very well then um I guess it just um I don't know made me feel beautiful and like Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. I can't think of a feeling word that would be not a failure, (laughs) you know, having felt like a failure, you know, and like, I just mess everything up. Um, I remember writing a poem uh, about all the time that that was going on saying, I'm a fire burning bright for all to see a glorious light when gazed upon from afar, but a heart-wrenching disaster when too near. It's like, from far away, I look good, but if you get too close, you're going to be destroyed. And so it was just kind of like a, like, no, you know that's that's not who you are, um, so I guess a piece. You know, probably a piece about just who I am and that I'm not a
0: destructive tornado <laughs> coming through. You know. <laughs> wow! Wow! Thank you! Thank you! Thank you! I mean, we could we could unpack that for another mm-hmm. hour. Yeah. <laughs> And and you're modeling beautifully what we talked about in parenting even, right, is how we work these these four R's, right? This recognizing Mm -hmm. fear is active or pain or any type of emotion, right? Figuring that out and realizing you're not alone by going to appreciation, connecting with Christ, receiving his truth, and then creating Mm a new reality um, that you didn't dream possible, right? You're you're doing that for yourself so brilliantly so that then we can even move into parenting and offer that with our kids. So- Mm -hmm. Today I want to ask you because you have evolved in your listening skills, incredibly. I mean, honestly, to be eighteen, you know, and, and and doing that type of listening, and you just leaned right into it and grabbed it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And you know, you you married and and had your first child at what twenty one? Was it was it twenty? A 19. <laughs> 19. So, yeah, you're, you're light years ahead of most of us. <laughs> um, and now you got to Yeah, you got to jump start. You already had your second, and you're not even 28. I don't know. And um, yeah. <laughs> And so you you just have this, um, and maybe it was like out of force, right, of needing God mm-hmm. so much, um, oh, but yeah. you really have leaned into Him. And so it, it's evolved over these years beautifully. And mm-hmm. share with us how you um, listen to Jesus as a parent. You know how that works for you, what that looks like, and then give us an example of your one of your recent moments where you 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 were afraid and you went to Him about about your children.
1: Yeah. So it is a work in progress. There are days that I forget that I even have this tool in my tool belt. <laughs> you know, you get so caught up in just the day-to-day stuff that I'm like, oh gosh, I could listen about this. Like, wow. You know, and, um, and yeah, I would just say it takes practice and just listening over the the little things, even the tiniest of things, because that just develops the habit of, you know, when the big things hit, I'm not, you know, running frantically um, trying to figure out what I can do. I can, you know, sit and find peace and, um, and listen to him. Um, so yeah, uh, as far as the story goes, uh, recently, um, my husband and I were going to go on our first weekend away that we've been on since we had Jude, who is now two years old and he's much different from my older son. My older son, um, loved spending the night at his grandparents' house, loved being dropped off anywhere. He just had fun wherever he was and wasn't worried about where mom was no attachment issues there. <laughs> and, um, Jude, it could have been just his personality or due to like, you know, COVID everyone being home. He was just home with me all the time. I've heard of a lot of moms with little ones struggling with attachment, um, after COVID wow. and, um, he just, he doesn't even want to be dropped off at church. He cries the whole time. You know, we can't, he doesn't like being dropped off anywhere except for really with my parents because he knows them and, you know, is familiar with them. So we were about to go out of town for the weekend. Um, and I was starting to get really strong, just anxiety. Like I'd wake up in the middle of the night, really panicking about how he was going to do, um, that weekend. And, if I was gonna like traumatize him, um, how he was gonna handle it all. And I was really starting to think about canceling the trip. And that's when I stopped. And um, after, it was probably like five days before we were gonna go on the trip. And I was like, I need to decide now if I'm gonna cancel or not. Uh, that's when I actually ended up listening. So it still took me a little while to remember that I could listen about this instead of having panic attacks in the middle of the night. So. <laughs> So it even, you know, it takes, it takes practice. It takes lots of practice.
0: I think you called me at that point. Um, And and Mm -hmm. you were sharing with me what you were going through. And I honestly, okay, you don't know this, but I honestly, like, this is the beautiful thing to me about us being Jesus led instead of our own logic or our own reasoning led, right? Because Mm -hmm. had I, had I shifted into a, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, tell you advice, right? Mm -hmm. I literally would have told you to not go. I would have, I would have said, don't go. Your child's not three yet. Their Mm -hmm. brain for this, like, don't go. And that was like in my mind. Right. And you didn't Mm -hmm. even know that because I've trained myself to go. It's not about what I think is right. It's about what Jesus wants for her. Mm -hmm. So let's listen to Jesus Taylor. Right. And because that's, that's what's important. Uh, Yes. Brain science is important. And attachment theory is important. And all those things are important. Mm But in the end, what's really important is what Jesus wants for us, what He thinks, what He sees, because He sees the whole picture and not just what we're seeing, right? Yeah. So, tell me what happened when you listened.
1: Um, so I I went to my appreciation memory. I I like. I like going to memories, but then I also like to feel how he's with me right now. You know, I feel like the more stressed I am, the more I want him right here with me, not in a, you know, past memory. Um, And so I was sitting on the couch and I just felt like he was sitting next to me and he had his arm around me and we were just looking out at the beautiful tree that I once thought was ugly that's in my front yard, but I've grown to love it. So we were looking at that. And I said, I am afraid of leaving Jude this weekend. I'm afraid that he will be distressed and think that I abandoned him or that he won't understand why I'm not coming back. And I'm afraid of uh, getting in a wreck and maybe not coming back. You know, like that fear of leaving my babies, you know, abandoned without me. You know, we were driving just to Cincinnati, which was only a few hours away, but I'm like, anything can happen. And that's my my sixth personality on the Enneagram. That's like, worst case scenario, I'm going to die. So- um, <laughs> So that's where I went. Uh, and, and he said, your life is in my hands. I would not let them be abandoned. So that just immediately like piece of heck, even if I'm not here, he's got them, you know, like I, I am a tool that he's using in their lives, but I am not like their God. Like, you know, he, he is. Um, and I said, well, I don't want to go. Like, I'm, I'm afraid to tell Mark, my husband, that. Because I'm afraid that everyone will be disappointed in me or upset that I changed my mind because my parents were looking forward to this weekend. Um, you know, they wanted to spend time with the baby and all of that. And so I was just afraid of everyone being disappointed in me. Um, I said, I remember missing my mom and being afraid when I was little, and I hated that feeling. And I said that we can still cancel, but what do you want me to do? Wow And he said. Awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah a bold he question. Does. And I just want to say you weren't uh-huh. living out of fear. You weren't making rash decisions out of fear. You mm-hmm. were, you were practicing a deep rhythm of asking him what he thinks. I, just amazing. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, that's fine.
1: fine. So I felt like he said, go, they will call me if he gets or they will call you if he gets upset and you can go back home. You know, it's like simple solution. If if he gets upset, they'll call and you can go back home. So that's like, Oh, right. Okay. This isn't like an all or nothing, you know? And, um, but he said he will have fun. Um, let Josiah, who is my older son, let him comfort him and let me comfort him. And then I just got lots of ideas for, you know, little things I can pack for him to help him you know, feel more like he's at home or, you know, a bedtime routine I could tell my parents about, um, or other ideas for comforting him. And I felt like, Jesus said, you love your children and you are nurturing. I struggle with this. Am I really that nurturing? I feel like I'm not very patient. And, you know, so I felt like he said, you are nurturing. Mm -hmm. Um, You are a beloved little mother, which is a reference to another listening experience that I had years and years and years ago when Josiah was a toddler. Um, And he said, but you need to rest. You both do. Mark is tired too. And he wants to have fun with you. I will take care of the details with Jude. You are not abandoning him. I will help him see that. He knows that he is loved by his family and he'll have Josiah too. Josiah can reassure him that everything will be okay. And this will help both of them grow. And so then I started having thoughts um, about, you know, like you're saying attachment theory and all that, like people have said he's too young or that you know, I should have like slowly introduced him into, you know, being away from me or um, gosh, just all kinds of things of like, I'm not doing this right. start started feeling like I'm not doing this right. And he said, don't feel ashamed that you aren't doing it, you know, quote unquote, right. No one knows the right way except me. And I'm telling you that it is going to be okay. So it's like, that's just like, boom, like final word on the matter. Like it's going to be okay, you know? And um, How so that, that made me feel just peace. peace. Yeah, that, that tightness in my chest, you know, just kind of dissipated like, okay, I can, I can take a deep breath now, you know, like I'm feeling a little more centered, (laughs) you know, like it's, um, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay.
0: And at that point, you want to go away? Like, did it shift your desire from, I don't want to go, I don't want to go to, yeah, I want to go. Or what was that uh, I think it was just more about peace, maybe not eagerness toward
1: going like, oh, I'm just ready to hit the road, but like, he's going to be okay. And I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know if it's going to look like I have to come back home in the middle of my trip. Um, You know, I don't know if it looks like my parents soothing him for a long time and then him finally calming down. Um, So I didn't know the details of it, but just that whatever happened, it was going to be okay. Wow. Wow. And so I felt like he said, you regret decisions that you have made out of fear. And I am giving you the opportunity to make a decision out of faith, to look at fear and say, my God is bigger and he is able. You have planned, you have thoughtfully considered, you have not been negligent or careless in your choices. Let me handle the rest. He is my child and I will not leave him. And so I feel like that just on an even deeper level was just like, peace. Like, you know, like I am not the, the be all for my, my children, you know, it's like he is and, and Jude and Josiah are his children. And I am just a steward, you know, I'm just, I'm a caretaker,
0: <laughs> which and, takes a lot of pressure off me. Yeah. And it, and yeah. it feels like he validated you as a caretaker too. Mm-hmm he was saying you're this is good what you're doing yeah. is good and and that seems like that was really significant to hear too cuz we we doubt ourselves so much and we feel like we're terrible parents all the time yeah <laughs> yeah so to hear that good mama sort of um that must have felt really reassuring i think too right yeah
1: yeah i think a lot of times um the fear that we have for our kids is based out of love it's based out of wanting good things for them but it just fleshes out and really unhealthy ways. Um, and this maybe wouldn't have necessarily been unhealthy, but just maybe unhelpful. Um, but, but yeah, so I feel like he, he calmed that and reassured me that yes, what you want, the peace that you want for your child, you know, is a good thing, but let me handle it right now. Um, so I felt like he said, I'm growing you too and revealing strengths. You don't think that you have what it takes. And for me, that was like to be a mom or to raise children or to do pretty much any of this homemaking stuff well <laughs> and um he said but i'm growing it in you mm-hmm. you know growing what it takes um i felt like he said i have spectacular plans for you it is no coincidence that you have always wanted to be a mother you know ever since i was little that's just what i wanted to do that was my dream of you know just having children and homeschooling them and i'm doing that so i'm living the dream <laughs> But he said, it's no coincidence you've always wanted to be a mother. No coincidence that I've named you beloved little mother, which is once again a reference to um, to uh, listening from the past. Um, he says, life is chaotic and wild, but give it to me and I will make sense of it and I will make it beautiful. I will reverse the tendency towards destruction, which as I'm reading it now and just in light of the story that I told earlier about that, that poem, like how deep as that, you know, deep rooted that I feel like I'm destruction. He's like, I'm going to reverse that tendency to destruction. Um, I will make the broken whole, the crazy sane, the unbearable, unbelievably wonderful, and you will be able to endure things that others could not handle. And that was, I felt like at the time, a reference to my desire to foster and adopt. Um, but in the tension of feeling like I'm not a good mother, it's like, you're, you're, I'm growing it and you're going to be able to handle these things that, that I've given you a passion for. Um, And he said, you will make the abandoned belong. And so whenever, whenever it just wraps up with that nice little ribbon of, it starts out with my son being abandoned and it comes back with, you're going to make the abandoned belong. I just feel like he's in, you know, he's, that is just a confirmation to me that he just wove himself all the way through that. And so. So yeah, after that, I was like, okay, I'm going, like I'm going and I'm good, (laughs) you know, like it's going to be good. Once again, I don't know the details, but I don't have to worry about the details. He said, he's got the details. So I just have to
0: do what he's told me to do. And he told me to go. So So, we're going to hear about how that went. Right. But, but first I want to just name some things in this story because this is absolutely amazing. Right. Um, (laughs) Because you went from fear where most of us just would have reacted or suppressed our fear and and gone out of town without processing it, right? Like we would have probably done Mm -hmm. one or two of those things, but you use that as an opportunity to connect with God, right? And he not only validated you, you know, and uh, removed your fears, gave you peace, gave you uh, new possibilities for how to handle uh, your leaving, right? That you you could go back if you needed to, that was a new thought, a new idea about packing things for his comfort and things mm-hmm. that you could do that would help that transition. And, um, and so that new reality, creating some new realities there because the fear was gone and you and him got to brainstorm together and, and figure out how to mm-hmm. make this the best thing possible. But this is where I am blown away is that you kept listening to where he calls forth your identity and mm-hmm. your calling and that 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 that's where Jesus becomes your coach he becomes coaching you in your personality mm-hmm. you're not bent for destruction yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. actually created to make the abandoned belong that's powerful stuff how did that feel when you heard that oh, um, God.
1: I went from feeling so helpless in the situation to then feeling so empowered, like just strong and energized, like, you know, I've got this, um, I don't know, this, this spiritual power running through my veins. Like, you know, he's just, he's told me what I'm, what I'm going to do and that I'm, I'm working towards, it. I'm taking steps, you know, to, to be that person that he's called me to be. And so, yes, I felt very just
0: empowered and courageous. That's amazing. That is mm-hmm. so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you. So tell us how it went. (laughs) Did the, did you do okay? How did it go? Um, so yeah,
1: he did great. He didn't miss me at all.
0: He didn't miss you at all. (laughs) He
1: didn't miss me at all. So I was a little hurt. I was like, okay, I mean, maybe just a little bit would have been nice, but no, he was fine. He had a blast and yeah, I don't even think he wanted to come home. So (laughs) I think he was disappointed when I showed
0: up. <laughs> well, they had a wonderful time. I know they were making a little camp for the kids. Yes, your yes, parents are so am- amazing. <laughs> but I will
1: add a little a little note in there that every time I listen, it doesn't it doesn't flesh out like that. Sometimes we've talked about how if we're anxious about something, sometimes we just get enough peace to fall asleep, and so we don't always hear this this conversation. Um, and so that's okay like every wow. little bit of practicing, listening to him is, it's practicing, you know, and it, it's beneficial.
0: Um, wow. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. And, and you, um, you mentioned that you mentioned developing a habit of listening and you mentioned practicing earlier. And, and, you know, that was definitely something that I put in the book because, mm-hmm. you know, you and I talking about how important that is, you know, would you, how do you practice the most, you said listening on little things is how one way you practice, but is there another, any other ways that you have been practicing over the years that have helped you turn to Jesus quicker when you need him? And remember that that's a resource for you or that he's there with you, right?
1: Yeah. I think just when I start feeling, you know, really heavy emotions, no matter what it is, just, um, quick listens, quick listens, (laughs) you know, like just, okay, like I'm giving this, emotion to you? Like, what do you want me to do with it? Um, and it doesn't have to be a long drawn out thing every time. Cause especially as parents, like we don't have a long drawn out time to
0: sit and listen <laughs> so. got time for this. It's gotta be quick. It makes me, it almost makes me feel like you're saying whenever your relational circuit gets turns off, you know, whenever which happens a hundred times a day when you have two children, right? I mean, exactly. I picture you in the kitchen doing the dishes and, and they're starting to struggle with something or they they're asking for something again. And you're there yeah. taking a deep breath at the sink going, give it to me, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. God.
1: <laughs> now, there's been times when like Jude went and go down for a nap and I'm like, can you just put him down, Jesus? Can you just do it for me? Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know what to do, but then I'll have a thought of, oh my gosh, it's his teeth hurting him. Like something that I wouldn't have thought of if I would have remained, you know, in stress and in, you know, just aggravation. Um, and and that's what it was. And he just needed some, you know, teething medicine or something like that. So, yeah, little moments. And then when you have time and energy, because sometimes, yeah, you just hear enough to fall asleep and that's what you needed. Um, but when you have time to sit and really listen... Um, just do it and, and write down whatever comes to mind. Cause there's been so many things that in the moment I'm like, I'm not sure if that's him or not. And then, you know, it turns out beautifully and it was from him. And then there's other times where I write stuff down and I'm like, Oh, maybe, maybe that was more of me than him, but you know, write it all down. I think you mentioned that in the book, like, um, say thank you brain for trying to protect me, you know, but I'm just gonna, I'm going to try to move in the spirit. And sometimes it doesn't make sense to my brain. Um, So yeah, write it down because there's been so many things that I didn't write down and I wish I would have. And I find that I hear him better. And that might just be my personality when I'm writing
0: um,
1: because I can see it all. And um, I don't get so lost in my thoughts when I'm writing it down.
0: And you can go back to it every time you need to. Like you have stories from nine years ago that you can go back to and not forget the great things God's done in you. So Mm -hmm. I think writing it down is so beautiful. Um, The one thing that I don't even think I mentioned in the book that I want to mention now, because there is actually one more thing that we do together, um, and that's we tell the story, right? Mm -hmm. So tell me, cause you'll, you'll send me your stories whenever you have a listening time, you'll just text them to me a lot of times, or you'll, you'll say, Hey, can I call you and share with you a listening mm-hmm. story? And I'm always like, "Yes, you know? yeah, so tell me a little as you know, what difference it makes to actually verbalize what you've experienced.
1: Yeah, I would say verbalizing it is definitely uh, better than texting it. Although, you know, if I just can quickly text it to you, I'll do that because it's still sharing it. But saying it out loud, like there are some things, like I was getting choked up the first time I told you this story. And I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. And you're like, sometimes when we say it out loud, you know, it's just, it it makes it more real. It, you know, we're getting out something that, you know, was still just in my head. I didn't say it out loud. And so saying it out loud aloud was like a release, like just relief that, um, it's okay to be afraid of the things I'm afraid of. And when I say it out loud, it, you know, it can, yeah, there's something powerful about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very, so uh, very much so The what happens is um, the, the experience center of our brain, so to speak, is kind of mm-hmm. in a different place than our logical word center. And so when we tell our experiences and put words to them verbally and share it, one, it's becoming a whole-brained experience now, but also it's the relational component of Mm -hmm. uh, just the safety of another human with you who loves you and cares you and and sees you, um, I think generates a lot more emotion (laughs) than when And is willing to listen to me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it does. It feels very vulnerable to me too when I get to share one of these stories with you or with one of my friends or with Matt, or, you know, it feels vulnerable because it's like, do people really care Mm -hmm. deeply about me? To listen to the the way the Lord is with me, and you know, I think that that's one of the best forms of discipleship. Honestly, is hearing how God comforts you, hearing what He's doing in you. That disciples Mm -hmm. me, and it disciples each other. If we shared more of these stories with each other, I think we would we would be a much more mature people of God. Um, So, very very beautiful, and I enjoy that. Well, anything else, Taylor, on the on the subject of being Jesus led as a parent before we wrap this up. This has been so beautiful today.
1: Yeah, I guess just, you know, don't be discouraged. Um, I know there's so many things in parenting that's, I mean, I know with my boys, it's just hard. It's just really hard. And um, we, we don't see the whole picture. Like you're saying, like God sees where they're going and every day. And I just, you know, I think about um, that verse that says like every day I've, you know, written every day for your life, I've written in my book, like he knew every day that they were going to experience. And he still said, it's good for me to make them like, I'm going to go ahead and they, the world needs them, you know? And so no matter how, uh, you know, how rough the days get and as they get older choices, they make and things like that. Um, like he's still there in it and he's still there with them. And, and that just gives me peace. that it's good. So don't get discouraged. (laughs) Keep listening.
0: Thank you. Thanks so much. Taylor, Mm -hmm. it's a privilege (laughs) to have you today. Thanks for sharing your heart and being so vulnerable um, so that others can hopefully be inspired to live more joy-fueled and Jesus-led. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Joy-Fueled and Jesus-Led. I never tire of hearing how God responds to His people when we cry out to Him and listen. And I love how you can see in Taylor's story how God gently attunes with her fear, speaks truth to her soul that sets her free, gives her ideas to handle the situations at hand, and then coaches her to educe her identity and her calling. Wow! The link to Four Keys to Parent Fearlessly is in the show notes below. But if you'd like some coaching on how to live this out in your life, I encourage you to sign up for training with Luke 10 at LK10.com. Until next time.